Okay, Nun Hayamid Aleph on the fourth line at the Mishnah. There are five, four or five issues that Rabbi Yochanan ben Gud Gedah is going to tell us about, and the last few have to do with because of Tikkun Ha'ilam, or some sort of betterment of society, and that sensibly is why uh, this Mishnah is here. Hey, Rabbi Yochanan ben Gud Gedah, number one, uh, the following, Al a Chereshes, that's a, a girl who is a deaf mute. Shehisia via. We know that a father has the right to marry off his daughter Mida Araisa when she is a katana. This daughter is a chereshes, um, so she is married Mida Araisa because her father can marry her off. That when she later, if needs to get divorced, shehiyotsa beget, she would be uh, able to be divorced with a get. Now she does not have halachic das, which is interesting, and, and the, really the point is, the woman doesn't need to have the das. A woman can be divorced, whether she agrees to it or wants it or doesn't agree to it or doesn't want to it, and therefore she can be divorced. Number two, valkatana bas Yisrael. If you have a little girl who is a orphan, um, when she gets married off. Uh, as a minor by her mother brothers. It's only a derabanan marriage. Shaniseis Lakoin. Ochalas Petruma. Now normally as a Basisrol is big no no. She big penalty if she eats truma. How is it that the Dirabanan marriage allows to eat truma? So I wrote about Betruma, Betruma Dirabanan. In other words, not real Daraisa Truma, but she can eat Dirabanan Truma with this Dirabanan marriage. Why would you think not? Well, you might want to make a gazera because, like, if you let her eat derabanan truma, she might eat derais truma. No, we don't say that. We allow her to eat the derabanan truma. Number three, vimesa baala yorsha. If she dies, her husband will inherit her, which is interesting because it's only a derabanan marriage. But we try to make it, or at least the derabanan were making it as much of a real marriage as they could. Number four, hamarish hagazel. Let's say I broke into your shed in the middle of the night. I stole a real significant wood beam. I then took it and built it into like a three-story building of mine. I didn't change it. It's still the same beam. Usually when somebody steals something, they have to return the same item if they can. Well, she has dumb of that the monetary equivalent can be paid. We made takanas shavim. The rabbis really want the person who stole the item to return it. Here it's highly unlikely he's going to destroy the building that he just built to get that beam back. And therefore, the Rabbanan said he could pay back the cash equivalent of that beam because of this thing called Takana Sashav. And we want people to return. We don't want to make it, we want to even make it as straightforward as possible to be able to return what they stole, even if it means they're not returning the exact item. And number five, Alchatas HaGezula. If a person stole an uh, animal, wants to use it as a chatas. Uh, process it in the base of Migdash. Are you allowed to bring a stolen animal? No, you're not. Well, actually, if it's if the people don't know that it was a stolen animal, it'll actually be an effective kapara for the person who's a goslin who's processing it. Some sort of benefit for the Mizbeach, and we'll see what that tikkun uh, is. Amarava. So from here, going to the bottom of the Amud, is going to be going over the cases in the Mishnah. Me'edusai, from the testimony that we had in the mission of Rabbi Yochanan and Gud Gedah, imagine this. You have a husband who's married. He calls aside two witnesses and he says, Hey guys, see here? This is a divorce document. I'm going to be giving it to that woman over there who is my wife currently, but I'm going to about to divorce her. Then he walks over to that woman and he says to her, Hey, honey, or my beloved wife, 
Kansi Here, I have this IOU. Uh, why don't you take it? Now, when he presented it to her, he presented her as an IOU. So she took it. Did she have any idea what was her get? No. But he told the other two witnesses it would be a good get. And where do we see that from? Miloy Amar did not, in our mission, Rabbi Yochum and Gudgada say, that for a divorce to be effective, we do not require her das, hachanami, so to over here, we don't need her das. Okay. Masechus Gitzin, we know that. We do not need her das. So the Gemara here says, Pshita. Right, we don't need her das. What's the big Kiddush here? Well, it wasn't just that we don't need her das. Maudetema. What did he say to her? When he said to her, take this document, he actually misrepresented it. It's not just Stom, take this document. Kevan, Maudetema might have thought to say, Kevan de Amar, since he said, Kansi Shtar What's the verbal declaration of take the shtarchoiv, it's almost like he's being mevatel the get. He said it was a get before, but now he's saying it's a shtarchoiv. You might have thought to say, since he said it's a shtarchoiv, it's a betule batle, who was mevatel that effectiveness of the get. Kamash malan, that's what we're being taught. Im isa de batle, that if really he was mevatel it, who would he have told? Not the little lady. Le'edim haya amar He would have said it to the edim. Now what did he tell the edim? No, it's a get. Then why in the world is he saying it's an IOU? Mishum Kisufa. He's embarrassed. I don't want to say here's a get. Kind of hard for, you know, you've been living together, husband and wife, for whatever reason, they got to get divorced. He doesn't want to say that. That's a reasonable... Now, if he didn't, if we didn't have that that understanding as to why I would say that, it could be would be Mavatal as a get. Because if you have a get and he's call it something else before you give it, trickery, it no? could be... What's that? It's trickery. Uh, not, well, it, it can be Balkarcha. But we have to understand, why is he saying, there's one of two reasons. Either he's embarrassed, he doesn't want to tell her what it is, he has to say something, take this, well, what is that? Or he's being mevatel. And what we say, the Chiddush here is that he's not being mevatel, even though he calls it something totally different. Why did he call it something different? Because he was embarrassed to give it to her. Now, once she has it, so she has it, and the deal's done. The next case in the Mishra was a Ketana Bas Yisrael. You have a girl, she's a minor uh, her father passed away. She got mother and brothers. Uh, now, what was the first case? There, the father was alive, but it was a chereshes, a deaf mute girl who's a katana. We didn't mention anything about the chereshes in this case. So let's make a diuk that in this case, if you have a girl who is a minor, all there, um, mother, brothers, marry her off. When it comes to a Hereshes who was not married off by her father, and she gets married off to her own, let's say, uh, uh, to a Kohen once she grows up, would not eat truma. Okay, my timer, why is that? Well, the problem here is You might have truma deraisa being fed by a Heresh to a Hereshes. Bumar says, well, what's the problem with that? Let them eat truma, v'leichol. Because a cheresh who doesn't have das is in the same category as a katan. Ooh, look at that. Okay. <laughs> Tiny, minor technical difficulties here. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'll hold it, but I'm okay, good. Yeah, all right. Zerosh shami yachal says the Gemara. There's not much of a problem with that. You want to sit over here? No, 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 no. Okay. 
We know in general that an adult who we see an adult Jew who we know doing something wrong will separate him from it. But let's say it's a kid. You don't have a chiv necessarily to pull them away from something they're doing. The truth is the Gemara admits that is the case. What then is the concern here? Maybe if you have a cherish husband and his wife though is totally all there, she's got an iser to eat it and she'll be fed the truma by her cherish husband. Okay. If you have a cheresh and he's got a pikachas wife who's totally there, let her eat truma dirabana. Why? Because we said their marriage is on a dirabana level. So dirabana truma, let's say truma from produce up in uh, Syria, which is only dirabana and truma, she should be able to eat that. And the Gemara again admits that, okay, that, that is true. What's the reason then why not? Gezeira? Because we're concerned. Shema asilechol truma deraisa. If she's so used to eating the truma, Durabanan and her uh, husband is the Kohen, he has Truma Daraisa also, he might also come to feed her Truma Daraisa. That's the concern. Uh, next case in the Mishra is a Marish Hagazel. If I stole your big, heavy beam, built it in, Hagazel Shebeno, that I don't actually have to destroy the building I built it into to return it, even though it's still totally intact, I can return the monetary equivalent. Tanurabanan says the Braisa. It's actually Machalus Basil and Beishamai. What happens if I stole your beam, then built it into a building? Gaza Marish stole a beam. Ubeno Bira. Bira is a 57-story building. It's a big building. The bottom line is it would be incredibly expensive to get that beam out after it's already built in. Well, says Beishamai, underline the Beishamai, and we'll have Beishilla momentarily. Beishamai, Yermim, Mekakeya Kol Habira Kula. You got to dismantle the entire, as much of the building as you have to. Umachsir Marish Lebalav, and give back that beam to its rightful owner. Beishilla, we underline Yermim, Ein Layala Demei Marish Bilvad. Note, all that the person who had it stolen from him has as a claim is the value of the beam. Why? Mimnei Takanas Hashavin. Because we, as the Rabbanan overseeing society, very much prefer that people return at least the value of the thing they stole. If you're going to require most people to break the building to get the beam back there, just not going to do it. Says the Mishdabal Chattas HaGezul. I think that was the last of the case. So you have an animal that was stolen. If a person wants to bring a Chattas, he's going to use that animal as a Chattas. And what did we say? That it'll work. He'll get Kapara from it. Tikun Hamizbeach. Amar Ula, I circled Ula and underlined the words Davar Taira. I want to compare Ula to the three lines on the bottom. Last word line is Rav and then Yehuda. I circled Rav Yehuda and underlined Davar Taira. There's going to be a machlokus as to what the bottom line Deoraisa halacha is. So it says Ula, back to Ula, eight lines on the bottom. He says, Davar Taira on a tar level. Ben noida, ben noida. Whether the people know the animal is stolen, the crowd knows it's a stolen animal or not. It does not work. My time, huh? Why doesn't it work? Because you have the guy Bob. Bob is a bit of a shady character. He's bringing this animal. Whether the people know what's stolen, whether they don't know what's stolen, it doesn't work. Why? Here's the technical difficulty. Yeyush kedi loikani. Something called Yeyush. You have a rightful owner of something, and at a certain point, depending on circumstances, you could say, I give up hope of getting that item back. It was stolen, it was lost, whatever it is. Yeyush is that. Kedi means like simple Yeyush. means Yeyush alone without a Shinui Rishus taking place after the Yeyush. Shinui Rishus has to take place. Now, when I stole it from you, there's a Shinui Rishus. It was yours. Now I have it on the Gazan. Yeyush takes place. You have to have a Shinui Rishus 
after that for it to work. Yeush kedi yeush alone without a shinu is after that lo kani. It does not acquire meaning the gazan is not considered his animal, and therefore. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't be mechaper. Whether people know about it or don't know about it, it wasn't his animal. I can't bring your animal to be mechaper for me. Why then did the rabbis come along and say, that if like, hey, if the crowd doesn't know, okay, fine, I'll go ahead and get a kapara, but it's not his. Here's the reason why. We don't want the kohanim to be really sad. Why? The kohanim find out about this? They offered as a karban? They were eating from it? That's terrible. They're reading from Chulun Ba'azaro. That, that's really bad. And we, we certainly do not want that. Okay. Amr Rabbanon Le'ula. So the rabbis said to Ula, you're saying it's because we don't want the Kohanim to be sad? That's not the reason the Mishnah gave. The Mishnah said, Bahanan, three words in right angles, we made Tikkun HaMizbeach in the right angles. It's not. Our Mishnah says it has to do with a Tikkun HaMizbeach. Not something to do with the Kohanim, but rather to do with the Mizbeach. Ooh. Amr Lahem. Well... Explains Ula to the Rabbanan, you know why uh, the Mizbeach is going to be better off if we do this? Because Kavan to Kohanim Hatsavin, if the Kohanim are upset or will maybe even say a better word, depressed, they're really nervous. They're not going to want to offer anyone's carbon. It's going to make them nervous. It could be the thing is really cool. And you know, Bob Cohn yesterday had, uh, he was chomping down that. It turned out it was really cool. And ooh, wow. they, and you know what happens? They're not going to want to do any of Oda, and the Mizbeach will sit there. So the two are really connected. The fact that the Kohanim are going to be nervous to offer it, because you never know it might be Hulin, is going to make it so the Mizbeach that normally be very busy is going to be not very busy at all. That was Ula. On the flip side, Rav Yehuda says, Davartarna Torah level, Ben Noida'a, Ben Noida'a, whether it was known, whether it wasn't known, and this Goslin uh, brought this animal as a Kormachatis for himself. Mecha Peres. I don't like Mecha Peres. He will get a Kapara through it. Of course, as long as the Bailam did have Yeush at some point, even if the Yeush was after he stole it. Why my Taima? Yeush Kedi. Simple Yeush that took place after the exchange of the animal does work. Honey. Okay, if that's the case then, if it does work, Matama Amru Noida, ain't a Mecha Peres. Then why, just because the people in the crowd know that it was stolen, should we say that it will not be mechaper? No, did we say that? Well, we basically said if they don't know, it's mechaper. Simple diuk is if they do know, it's not. Well, you know why? Because what's everyone going to say? If everyone knows, man, there's a slimy guy and he stole the animal he brought in and it works, that's disgusting. That the Jewish altar of the Lord accepts stolen korbanos? Shalom, we don't want the people to say, Mizbeach oichel gezelos. The Mizbeach will accept stolen animals. Okay, so those are the two approaches. We have the Ula approach and the Rav Yehuda approach. Bishlama, says the Gemara, squiggle and line the word Bishlama. Le'ula, hainu dekatani chatas. Why specify a chatas? Why is it that the guy decided to bring it as a chatas? Maybe bring it as an Ola. Why, did, why specifically chatas? Well, it makes sense because a chatas, <coughs> unlike an Ola, has the Kohanim eating part of it. And it, we said that Rishu was, the Kohanim will be really depressed because they'll end up at the Yitzhah. But at Ella Larav Yehuda, I squeal underline the Ella, my iria chatas. Then why did it have to be specific to the Mishnah? The guy brought a chatas with it. Afilu oilanami. Because the issue is that the Mizbeach, we don't want to say eight gazelois. And that doesn't make a difference if it's a chatas or if it's an Ola. That's the question. Well, I guess on behalf of Rav Yehuda, the Gemara would answer that the style of the Mishnah is a lomi bias style. 
I don't even have to tell you something that's obvious, but I'll tell you something that's less obvious. Loi mi baya kamar, colon. Loi mi baya, we don't even have to tell you a korban ola. The korban ola, who consumes the ola? Other than the skin, totally the mizbeach. The whole thing is burnt on the mizbeach. De kalilhu. And that's what are people going to say? Oh, the mizbeach, it's gazelos. Ela afilu chatas nami. What happens with the chatas? The mizbeach barely gets any of it. Dechela vedam mizbeach. It's only some of the fats and the blood that goes to mizbeach. Ve'idach, the other parts of the uh, of the muscles, the meat of the animal. Kohanim achli There the kohanim eat it. Afilu hachi. Even though that's the case, mizbeach is not getting much. Still, gazer the rabban made a gzera because we don't want people to say shloyimru mizbeach eichol gazelos. Mizbeach eichol gazelos. Whether it's eating most of the animal, even just a little bit, just a little bit of the chaylev in the dam, we don't want that to be said. It's not. Let's bring our Mishnah into this discussion. A line and a half quote of the Mishnah. <coughs> the Mishnah said, Al chatas ha-gezula, l'rabim. So you have a chatas ha-gezula. It was stolen. Now, it wasn't a chatas yet. It was just a stolen animal. He decided to make it a chatas. And the people don't know about it. What is the result of that? Shehi mechaperes, I squiggle on she mechaperes, that it will be mechaper. If the masses don't know that it was stolen, it will work for a kapara. So it works because of tikkun hamizbeach. Okay. Says the Gemara, Bishlam ula nicha. This works very well for Ula, because Ula was the one who had said, that really it's not mechaper at all. But you know what will make it be mechaper if no one knows about it? That fits in very well to the words. However, Ella, if you're going to read L'Rav Yehuda, the Mishnah is backwards. Ipcha mibaya lay. It should say the It should have said, gezula, not that the masses don't know about, but they do know about that it's not mechaper. In other words, we're, we're teaching the opposite din because according to Rav Yehuda, stolen one, simply Yehush works, always will work. The thing that the rabbis stuck their noses into and got involved with was that it shouldn't work if the masses know about it. But the Mishnah is saying the opposite. It answers the Gemara. True, it would seem from a uh, simplistic reading of the Mishnah that that's what's being said, but you have to always read every line of the Mishnah and many times understand the diuk from what the Mishnah is saying as though it were written. Hachinami kamar. This is hachinami, so to indeed did it mean, and this is what it meant when it said the following. Right, if it's then it is mechaperes. Now this would be the diuk that's not written into the Mishnah, but you'd have to understand it like this. The diuk would be, yeah, that's if people don't know it was stolen. But if people do know the animal was stolen, and that is what the Mishnah means when it goes on to explain this. Because of that, that if it's known that it won't be mechaper, Masif Rava, circle Rava's name, Bring a brisa just about uh, two lines in a word or so. You have a person. He's a ganav. He steals uh, an animal. Normally, what happens when you steal an animal? It's be kefel, and if you it, it, that's if you shecht it or sell it. If you just steal it, it's be kefel. Let's say you stole it, and then you were makdish it. Ganav vehiktish. I don't line vehiktish. Interesting character. He steals it. And then he turns around and dedicates to the base Migdash. Ve'acharkach, and then tavachu machar. Okay, then he turns around and sells it. Got a bit of a uh, schizophrenic personality here. Or um, shechzid or sells it. Mishalim. So what does he have to pay here? 
Tashlumei Kefel, he has to pay a double to the rightful owner. Now, normally, if I stole your animal and I sell it or I shecht it, I have to pay four or five. Here I stole your animal, then I was maktish it, so now it's hektishes, I can get away with only paying a kefil. Okay? Vitani Allah, we have a little brisa, six words that was taught in reference to the first Tanaic source. Bachutz ki gavna anush kares. So if it was shechted bachutz in this same scenario, so I was maktish it, you know what? There's a punishment of kares because it's the shkutechutz. You can't have something that's kodshim. What's that? The e amris yeush kedi If you want to say, like Ula had said, that yeush alone, you know, there's without a shinui bailim taking place after the yeush is enough to be koine it kares my avidite. Why would there be a kares over here? And actually, Shizbi says, true. There's not really a kares. I mean, just said there's an onish kares. Amar of Shizbi. I don't know Shizbi's name. Kares midivrehem. Which is an interesting thing. Kares, we usually think about it as being when someone violates the Daraisa, so then there is Kares. Here we're saying there's Kares, but like because of what the Rabbanon said. Okay, that's her Shizbi. You know what everyone who was there in the base Medrash did when they heard that? <laughs> that's hilarious. What are you talking about? It's a Kares to Rabbanon. There's no thing as Kares to Rabbanon. Achichu Allah, they laughed or they mocked Kares midivrehem miika. There's no such thing as that. Amalhu Rava. So now, Rava's there, I guess is the. Senior rabbi, Gavra Rabba Amar Milsa, If a great man, and Roshizbi is a great man, says something, you can't like mock that. Kares, what he meant when he said a kares midivrayim was kares shal yedei divrayen baasaloi. It was a kares that came. No, when he said kares, it's a kares to arisa, as we'll see right now, because it's something that the rabbanon said. You know what the rabbanon did? Colon. Ukmuha Rabbanan say the Rabbanan, and by the way, the Rabbanan have this right, we see it all the time. Hefker based in Hefker. They could make somebody's possessions Hefker, they could make it be considered somebody else's possessions, and therefore they make it the Ganav's possession as though it was his, so that if he then shechs it, if it's Kodesh, Bachutz, he's going to be Chayev Kares. Ukmuha Rabbanan Bereshusei, the Rabbanan established it to be in the domain and the ownership of the Ganav, Kihechi de Lechayev Allah, so that he would be Chayev for. Amar Rava. Circle with Rava. Rava says, okay, so that wasn't really a question. Kares, we understand. It was Kares because of the Rabbanan establishing that the Ganav had possession of it fully. However, the following is still a question to me. Amar Rava, ha, the following Vadai Kamibayaliye. Definitely not sure about. Colon. So the Rabbanan put in his Rishus. To what extent? At what point? When? From the time he stole it? Or three days later, when he was makdishit, ki ukmura banan bereshuse kolin mishas keneva. Is that from the moment he stole it? O mishas hektesha, or only afterwards when he's makdishit? Okay. Bottom line, what difference does it make at the time that he was shechting it? Because it was kodesh. So the gemara most parenthetically asked, "My nafkamina, what what difference does that make if it was his rishus in the time of the keneva, or from the time of the hektesha?" Well, legizayseu vladayseha. It'll make a, a big difference. Let's say he stole the animal and it had a nice woolly coat. The next day, he uh, took all the wool off, he sheared the, the sheep, 
Uh, and then uh, the day after that, this female sheep had a baby. And then the day after that, he was makdashit. So what happens to the, the shearings? What happens to the babies before he was makdashit? If you want to say that it was already in his rishus from the time he stole it, well, then those things are rightfully his. Okay, that's enough gamina mai. What do we say? Hadarma Rava, Rava who would ask this question, he uh, answers and says, Mistabra, it only makes logical sense to say, Mishas Hekdesha. That it's got to have been his only for the time was Makdashit. Why? To prevent what we just said. How could it possibly be? He stole the animal. The next day he sheared it and sold the wool for $200. Then the animal gave birth and he's got an offspring of it. It has to be that it's only going to be considered his for the time was Makdashit. Meaning the shearings, he has to compensate the rightful owner. The offspring, he has to compensate fully the rightful owner. Shaloi Yehei, so as not to have somebody who's a chayte doing something wrong, Niskar, benefiting. Says the Mishnah. This is the uh, sukkiyas of the Chorban Abayas. I guess. Oh, really? At least we're in three weeks, so it's a uh, fitting time to do it. Lo hayas sikrika in Yehuda. Sikrika is usually translated as uh, tough guys, uh, extortioners. There were uh, some really uh, difficult situations taking place in Judea region, Yerushalayim, around the time of the... Um, on the time of the Chorban Bayis Sheni. So we didn't have these extortioners in the Judea region, Beharuge Malchus, at a time, different battles against the Jews, the Battle of uh, Titus, which is uh, maybe the final battle. The word Sikrika, I think Rashi, is giving us the, the etymology of it here. When uh, Let's see the Rashi. Rashi says, Sikrika in Yehuda. what's a Sikrika Gentiles who are murderers. The guy basically comes to the 45, Skeeter, says to the Jew, you're giving me that land, right? Or I'm pulling the trigger, right? And he gives the land. So the Jew says, Sa Karka, I double underline, Sa Karka, take the land, Zu, this land, Va'al Temisenian. Like, please, sir, don't kill me. The word sa karka is the etymology or the etymological word, root of the word sikrikain. Sa is si, and karka is karka or kiron. So sikrikon is like, take the land, please. So that's what they're called, the take the landers or the sikrikon. So I think that was Rashi is doing uh, in that Rashi. So lo haya sikrikon, back in the Mishnah of Yehuda, beharuge malchus, that war of Titus, and in, in, uh, in, we'll, we'll see a lot more about it in uh, the Gemara, and exactly what are we talking about, the Gemara will clarify. Meharuge milchama ve'elach, however, from the time, whatever that time period was, where there was uh, a lot of uh, killing during the war, yesh basikrikoin, we did have sikrikoin. Ketzad, how so? So here's the thing, you have a Jew, he is the rightful landowner, comes along this tough guy, and uh, seizes the land. Let's say that guy then puts up on uh, I don't know an advertisement in in on on the uh, uh, and and says he's selling land. It's his land. He's selling it. So let's say a Jew then goes and buys that land from him. A and B. A. Lakach coin. If the uh, person purchased from the secret coin the land, which by the way where the secret coin get it. He stole it from the Jew like three weeks earlier. The chazer balabayis, and then he goes to the balabayis and says, uh, I'd like to purchase, I, I think this land might even rightfully be yours, Metchai Batel. It basically doesn't work. It goes back. And the thing is, because the Balabais is agreeing to do this, you know he's agreeing to do it? 
Giles agreed to do it. He's going to get that same guy who's sticking the forty-five in his face coming right back to him. He's basically terrified for his life. It's not a real acquisition. Whereas if, in the scenario B, Mibalabayas, first he uh, goes to the Balabayas without dealing with the secret coin. And the Balabayas agrees to sell it to him. And then goes and gets it from this tough guy Gentile who claims the easy owner. Then Menchay Kayim. Parenthetically, the mission brings in, which is a bit interesting, but uh, a lot of times you'll have a woman who will bring uh, various assets, dowry into the marriage, and she'll also bring lands. Uh, and sometimes the relationship between the husband and the wife is that if the wife goes like directly against the husband, he'll be terrified, never know what he could do. So if you have a situation, where you as a purchaser, you purchase land from the guy. Now, is it his land? It's actually his wife's land from certain assets that she brought in. So, then you went to the woman. Hey, little lady, do you agree? Your husband sold this to me. You, you'll agree? Um, she has to agree. She doesn't have much choice. Whereas, if first the deal was between the purchaser and the woman, that she's selling him any of the rights that she has to land, and then the purchaser goes, and buys the other rights from the man, that's the end of the... Almost like an interruption in the Mishnah to a point that is uh, not directly related to the Mishnah. This, by the way, was the original practice of the Jews, Zoom Mishnah Rishayna. However, comma, based in Shalachareim, a later court, Amru, Halakeach Misik Rikain. Oh no, if a Jew purchases the land from these uh, Gentile tough guys who might have forced away from others, it's theirs. That Jew purchased it is you just have to compensate Noisin Labailam Revia. You give one fourth of the value to the rightful owner. Why? Because the Sikri coin often, I would say, always, stolen merchandise costs less. If you're going to get a Rolex watch, even if it's a real one from the guy in the back alley, it'll cost less than from the Rolex store. If you're going to get the land from the Sikri coin, it's go. And the typical situation was that the Sikri coin would sell it, say, for 75% of the value, and therefore the purchaser would make up the other 25% by giving that to the Jew. Amasai. When is that? That's Bizman She'ein Be'yadon Likach. It has to be in a situation where it was not within the ability of the original rightful owner of the land to purchase it back from the Sikri coin. Aval Be'yadon Likach, if it was the original owner's ability to buy it back and he just didn't, then they come before anyone. Rebbe, I underlined his name, Hoishi based in Venimnu. He set up a basin and they declared the following. They voted, they decided. Let's say the secret coin had it. It could be bought back. And it wasn't. How much time went by? 12 months? Then the original owner kind of loses that right of first uh, dibs to purchase. Still, whoever does go ahead and purchase it, it's clear that he's getting a discount and therefore he has to pay the difference, which is the one-fourth to the rightful owner. You would assume the worse the situation got for the Jews, the more there would be these uh, Gayim who were forcing Jews to sell their land under the threat of, essentially, death. Hashta, the way we read the Mishnah was, though, there was no secret going at the time of the height of Haruge Milchama. But afterwards there was. So says the Gemara, Hashta, the Haruge Milchama, lo if there were not simple reading of it, uh, Gayim who were forcing Jews to sell their land under the threat of, of, of that they would get killed during the time of Harugi Milchama, Meharugi Milchama Ve'elach afterwards, ostensibly when things sort of calmed down Yesh Basik you would have that 
That just doesn't, the Mishnah reads very difficultly. Um, Rav Yudah explains, the way you have to understand the Mishnah is as follows. Loi danu, I double underline the word danu. Loi danu badin sikri koin ka'amar. What we're saying is that they didn't, from the Haruge Milchama, where it's a full-fledged Kenyan, and somebody who purchases from him, it, it stays, that's where they wouldn't judge the case of sikri koin because it was so bad. However, from Haruge Milchama and afterwards, then you would have the responsibility of the person who purchased it to make up an additional one-fourth to pay to the original rightful owner. Da Amar Rebbe Asin Rabasi explains that chronologically, it wasn't always the same. There was a situation at the beginning, and then in the middle, and at the end. Gimel Gzeres Gazru. The Rabbanan got involved three times because... I don't even know if it was the Rabbanim, or let's say the Gentile authorities had Gimel Xeros, and each one had a different din because of it. Gezarta Kamaisa, I underlined, the original Gezera of the, I guess the Romans of the invasion of Titus was, if you find a Jew, you're to kill that Jew. Okay? Hold the Laikotel, anyone doesn't kill in a situation where they should kill that Jew, lick the Luhu, he himself will be killed. Alright? Definitely put the fear into the hearts of the Gentiles to make sure where they could kill a Jew or where they should, they should do. Mitziasa and Mitziasa. At a later stage, like a middle uh, time frame of this event, the edict was Arbazuzi. Not whoever should kill him doesn't himself get killed, but anyone who gets killed gets like a $100 check in the mail. You know, deposit, direct deposit into your bank account um, for Zuz. Basraisa. At a later stage, which I guess, from what I, you know, Roman history, the Romans were brutally cruel when they had to be, but if they had a population under control, they didn't see it necessary. And therefore, Basraisa, which I underline, at the later stage, you killed a Jew? You can't kill a Jew. A Jew is part of the Roman Empire. You yourself will be killed. Hilkach. Therefore, depending on these three stages, during the Kamais and the Mitziasa, in the first and second stage, Kevan de Katli, since the person himself will be killed, Agav Unse, because of the intense onus that the Israel experiences, Gamaru Makni. Right? He knows that guy could pull out the knife and slice his throat. And therefore, he's fine, given the situation, with fully giving over his field. However, Basraisa, once a later time arrived, when there was no threat of being killed in general by a Gentile who insists on buying your land. Amri, you know what the Jew is figuring? Listen. Ha'idna now, Lishka, let him take it. And I'll take whatever money he's forcing on me. Lamachar, and tomorrow, or tomorrow, like next month, or next year, I'll take him to court. The uh, Romans have a nice court system, and I'll figure I'll, uh, I'll get it away from him that way. Amri, there's a puzzle in Mishle. How do we understand it? Sounds maybe a little bit OCD. Uh, fortunate is the person, or lucky or good is the person who is always, we'll say, nervous or concerned. Specifically, the things that they do, what are going to be the results, or maybe even the unintended consequences in the future. Someone that hardens his heart will fall into evil. And this refers to, or at least the Pasuk is understood in three different ways, three different stories, A, B, and C. A, Kamsu Bar Kamsa, because of the story of Kamsu Bar Kamsa, it was a, um, an event that uh, 
I, I guess, brought the reality of that situation clearly to light in such a way that we understand why Yerushalayim was destroyed. B, Atarnagola, Atarnagolta, Charv Tormalka, because of a male rooster and a female hen, uh, Tormalka was destroyed. We'll see that not even tomorrow, but I guess maybe the day after on Nun Zion. And Sacha uh, de Rishbach, a... Um, like the side door, or the side wall of a of a wagon or a carriage, Har of Beitar. Each one of these stories are a big story, and and again, these uh, the Tor Malka and Beitar being destroyed is the so gives a Nun Zayin uh, Amud Aleph. But the Kamsu Bar Kamsa is right here. So I actually put a firebox. You could double underline Kamsu Bar Kamsa Har Yerushalayim. The story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa is what the Rabbanan attribute uh, the situation, maybe that which tipped the scales uh, for Jerusalem to be destroyed. Here is the Maisa uh, Dehu Gavra. There was a person. He was probably a wealthy person. He had a good friend. Der um, Rachme, his friend's name was Kamsa. Kama. Ubal Devave, the one that he had arguments with, call him like an enemy, was Bar Kamsa. So similar names. Now, these days you just, I guess, email your invitations to people. Um, in the old times you used to send in the mail, and in the real old times you would send like a, uh, a singing telegram or a messenger to invite who you needed to invite. Avad Sudasa, this uh, gentleman made a fancy meal. Amalila Shami, and he said to his uh, right hand man, his servant, Zil Isli Kamsa, please bring for me, in other words, invite Kamsa to the party. Azal, this uh, fellow was, uh, he had a mistaken identity, icy, and he brought to the party Bar Kamsa, who's his uh, host's harsh enemy. Asa, Yasev, so the host goes and he's seeing all the guests. Who's that? That's like my arch enemy, Yasef, that he was sitting there at the party. He didn't invite him. Amarle, Michti, Hu Gavra, Baldevave, Hu Gavra, Hu. They talk about themselves in third person here, but one second. You, buddy, are the arch enemy of me, my Baalisacha. Why, why are you here? Kum, poke, get up and get out. Now, that's very embarrassing, especially in public. Amarle, so maybe the guy thought, I, Kamsabarkam says a whole bunch of set on these. Listen, I'm here. Clearly, it's been a mistake. I'm here. Why don't you just leave me, and I'll pay for whatever the cost of the meal or the stuff that I ate and drank is. Okay, but just, like, don't throw me out. Amarle, said the host, low. Amarle. So the uh, very embarrassed guest says, Well, how about this? Fancy meal? I'll pay for half of it. Just like, let me stay. Amarle, low. Amarle makes a final offer. You have no luck to make kula su I'll pay for the entire meal, the entire feast. It almost would be like my meal. Um, Amarle, low. Nakte biyade, he physically took him, the ukme, the afghani, stood him up and threw him out. Okay, uh, seems like that could be very embarrassing and could lead someone to do something very negative. And that's what happened. Amar, so the fellow was just thrown out. Barkamsa says, uh, well, I saw the rabbis were there. Looked like the Moetzes Kedoliator to me. Veloi Michube, and there was no one who scolded or told off or rebuked the host and said, listen, just like, let the guy stay. It must be that they're fine with me getting thrown out. And embarrassed like that. Azil, so you know what I'm going to do? Echel Malka. I'm going to go um, 
badmouth the Jews to the Gentile authorities. Azal, Amarle the Caesar. So he went and told the, uh, the Caesar, or the uh, Roman uh, Gentile leader, Mardu Bachehudai. You know those Jews, and this is what the Romans don't like to hear. You tell the Romans anything, don't tell them that the people that you are in charge of are rebelling, that they don't want to hear. Mardu Bach, rebelling against you are the Yehudai, the Jews. Amarle, so says the Caesar, who was always a little bit skeptical, Miemar. Who says they're rebelling against me? They seem to be quite subservient. Amarle says back, Barakam says, Shadalu Korban. All right, you know what we'll do? Why don't you send them a Korban? You know, we send them a Korban all the time and they offer it for us. Send them an animal as a Korban. Chazis, and you see now, I Makrevinle, are they going to offer it? You know, from you personally. Azal, so, okay, fine. He said, well, uh, why don't you go deliver this animal to the Jews and we'll see if they offer it. Shadar Beyade, and he sent via this Barakamsa an Eglatilsa, third born, very fine young calf to be offered as a carbon. Bahadi de Kaasi, however, as he was taking the animal, he did something very tricky. Shada Be Muma Benivsvasayim. He made a little cut in maybe the uh, the upper lip. He did something. So basically, he made a type of mum that was very subtle. Duchta, a place to ledidan have a mum that for Jews bringing that animal to be offered as a korban, it would be considered a mum. Uleditu, but for goyim processing the same animal for the same type of korban, lav mumahu. Oh, savarabon, another rabon, and sudden, what do they do? This thing just showed up from like the head of the uh, Roman authorities who wants it offered as a korban, and uh, we we can't. Uh, offer it. Savor Rabban Lekruve Mishum Shalom Malchus. Savor the Rabban thought to make a one-time exception, and because of Shalom Malchus, that the authority, the Gentile authority, sent this maybe to offer it. Amar Lahu, a interesting character, Zechariah ben Avkulas. Who I underline? He said to the Rabbanan, "Can't do that. You know why? Yomru people will say Balimum and Kriglin Gavim Isbeach that look at that." You can offer things to everyone. We can't do that. We can't accept this. Okay, now what are we going to do, though? We got this Bar Kamsa here who's clearly going to go back and uh, badmouth us to the Caesar or the leader, and, and then we're in real big trouble. So Savor, Le Mictile, they figured, you know what? Why don't we call in Vinny and uh, Tommy, and they'll, they'll knock him off. In other words, to kill this Bar Kamsa, Dolelezel, Velema. So he won't go and tell what happened. In other words, we didn't offer the Korban. Amalu Rabbi Zechariah, this Rabbi Zechariah pipes up again and says, can't do that either. He seems he's a bit of a pacifist, this uh, Zechariah, because he says, Yomru. But then all the Jewish people will say, Matil Mum Bekodshim, Yehareg. A person who puts a mum in a Kodshim animal is, is executed. Okay, now, you know what they should have done? Thank you very much, Zechariah, but uh, we're not going to accept your fakrumt logic. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, who's after this story, comes in and sort of like uh, comments uh, after the fact, on Visanusa because of the unacceptable humility or maybe even tolerance of this Ribshar ben Avkulas, it caused our holy temple to be destroyed, and the sanctuary to be burnt, and we were exiled from our land. Okay, let's let's see the first stage of who then the Roman authorities sent to uh, take care of the Jews. Shadar Ilavayo, underline Shadar Ilavayo, and put a diamond around Neron. And the reason I put a diamond around him is because five lines later we're going to have Vespasian, 
who uh, gets the job done. But what happens? The Roman authorities sent this Neron. So the uh, Romans were a little bit superstitious. Kiasai, when he came to Israel, and his mission was to take care of the Jews, he had an arrow. Shada Gira, and he shot an arrow the Mizrach to the east, and it fell right in the direction of Yerushalayim. He turned around, shot an arrow the Marav to the west, and it fell also in the direction of Yerushalayim. Wherever he turned to try to shoot an arrow so that it should sort of give him some sort of like uh, divining what he should do, I fell in the direction of Yerushalayim. Clearly it seems like Shamayim is telling him, go to Yerushalayim to get the Jews. He called aside a little uh, Jewish kid. The Jewish kids were not learning Mishnayis, and they were not learning Gemara. What were they learning? Psukim. That's what little Jewish boys learn. So he said to a little kid, Psokli Psukeich, Hey, uh, Junior, come here. Can you tell me the Pasuk that you're currently learning in uh, Cheder? Amarle, Pasuk in Yechezkel, Venasatias Nikmasi Be'edom Biyadam Yisrael. I will, saith the Lord, bring my vengeance via Edom, and he was Edom, Esav, to the Jewish people. Amar, that's such an interesting conclusion. What, what do we see many times the leaders conclude? Okay, I'm going to go get the Jews. You know what he says? I'm not going to get the Jews. Amar, Kudshabrichu, Boilich Ruve Beise, desires to have because of this situation of where things are holding. His basement is destroyed. Uboilich Buriyade Behugavra, and wants me to be the one to do it. In other words, he wants me to do his dirty work. Nope, I ain't doing it. Arak, he. This, this is the, the, the leader of the, uh, of, of the Roman legion, or the Roman. He ran away, Va'azil, and uh, showed up uh, in some. Al-Tshuva or some like Yeshiva for Geirim and Bnei Brak or Yerushalayim, the Igairi converted and it was from him, Vinafak Minei, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir was actually a descendant of his. Okay, we got to send somebody else, Shadar Ilavaihu, and I put a diamond around Espesinos, who is a Vespasian and uh, he unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately seems to have been more uh, successful in his mission. Adkan.